Good morning. As Chris said, my name is Lori Stevens, and I'm going to share with you an excerpt from a poem called Home by Warson Shire. No one leaves home unless home is the mouth of a shark. You only run for the border when you see the whole city running as well. You have to understand that no one puts their children in a boat unless the water is safer than the land. No one spends days and nights in the stomach of a truck feeding on newspaper unless the miles traveled mean something more than the journey. I want to go home, but home is the mouth of a shark. Home is the barrel of a gun, and no one would leave home unless home chased you to the shore. Friends, it's so good to be with you today. I'm Laura Randall, a minister on staff with UUSC, and Lori and I are really honored to be with you today. We're grateful to Brown Chris for the invitation and very grateful to the talented musicians as well as all of the folks who've made worship today possible. We know it is a team effort. We're also grateful to everyone in this congregation who has supported UUSC over the years and continues to do so in these times of increasing need around the world. Um, some of you know that the UU Service Committee would not exist without the inspiration and work of members of First Parish Belmont, people who sat right where you are sitting now, people who also witnessed injustice and came together in this very sanctuary to ground themselves in community and find the courage to act. And we also know that this legacy is not one that belongs solely to the past. We know that First Church Belmont's commitment to creating a just, compassionate world is just as strong as ever. We've been learning about the Afghan family that you are supporting together in their resettlement in the United States. This journey of accompaniment and solidarity is one that dozens of other of UU congregations are on as well. And we hope that you will want to be in community with them too through UUSC's Congregational Accompaniment Program for Asylum Seekers, or CAPAS. And we'll talk more about CAPAS soon. And we're grateful to be with you, to be in community during this frightening time as Russia's invasion of Ukraine continues to take lives and displace hundreds of thousands. It's so easy in times like this to feel powerless, right? What can we do from here? But this is why we come together in community, to help each other remember that we are not powerless. We are all connected. We belong to each other. And that means your neighbor in the next pew, in the next city, in the next country, or across the world. Whether your neighbor is from Central America, or Afghanistan, or Ukraine. We belong to each other. 
And because we are all connected, each act of compassion, every movement towards justice and love reverberates, ripples out along the strands of the interconnected web. Many of you may be familiar with the poem which Lorraine read at the beginning of the service, Laurie read at the beginning of the service by Somali British poet Warsan Shire. Shire's words, no one leaves home unless home is the mouth of a shark, have become a rallying cry for refugees. Imagine what would have to happen to make you lift a loved one and what possessions you can carry in your arms and leave the home you've made forever. You travel as far as your tired feet can take you. Some of your possessions get stolen or you become separated from the family and friends you've been traveling with. Then imagine after this harrowing journey, you find yourself begging mercy from a vast nation state. You have fled the mouth of the shark and run right into the biblical sea beast the sovereign power which Thomas Hobbes called the Leviathan. In the book of Job, it is described as being able to breathe fire. In Isaiah, it is called the torturous serpent, which will be killed at the end of time. And of course, it is the great whale which swallows Jonah. Those biblical metaphors represented the nations which threatened Israel in ancient times. But we know that the violence of the nation state is not regulated to ancient times, right? The history between the First Church of Belmont and the UU Service Committee goes back to the rescue of those caught in the jaws of the Nazi Leviathan during World War II. The impetus for what was then called the Unitarian Service Committee began in this congregation back in 1933 when First Church members Robert and Elizabeth Dexter shared their experiences witnessing the disturbing rise of Nazism on a recent trip to Germany. The Dexters continued to visit Europe throughout the 1930s and continued to raise the alarm. In 1939, the Unitarian minister and his wife, Waitstill and Martha Sharp from the Wellesley Hills congregation, traveled to Prague in order to do what they could to get as many Jews and political dissidents being targeted by the Nazis to safety. Later that same year, another First Church of Belmont member, Seth Gano, chaired the American Unitarian Association's Refugee Study Committee and asked the Dexters to return to Europe for a four-month fact-finding mission. When they returned, Robert Dexter reported to the committee that the violence and aggression of the Nazis were almost beyond imagination. The AUA officially created the Unitarian Service Committee in May of 1940 to do what they could to assist those being targeted by Nazi violence. As the years went on, the Unitarian Service Committee, which later became the Unitarian Universalist Service Committee, expanded its global work, sending aid to places around the world facing humanitarian crises. 
Over time, our human rights work began to focus more on systemic justice issues, shifting to a model of partnership with grassroots organizations led by those most affected by injustice. Today, our work focuses on climate force displacement, crisis response, and migrant justice. And while these initiatives may seem unrelated at first glance, they are at their core all interconnected. These issues are about the right to security within our homes, the right to restore our homes when they are ravaged by natural or human-made disasters, and the right to seek new homes elsewhere. It is this last right, the human right to migrate, the right to seek asylum that inspired UUSC's program called the Congregational Accompaniment Program for Asylum Seekers. This collaborative accompaniment program, also known as CAPIS, is a profound way to journey with and shelter people who are somewhere within the often complicated asylum process. Work very much like what First Church is doing right now with the Afghan family you're sponsoring. UUSC's work has been focused on the human rights of displaced people since the very beginning. Work that in the United States is often an uphill battle. Work that Lori is going to tell us more about right now. Yes, as Laura is saying, anti-immigration rhetoric, cruel enforcement policies, and the near complete dismantling of the US asylum process has been escalating in recent years, but it is in no way a new phenomenon. A new federal administration does not automatically mean that things will improve for those attempting to migrate to the United States. In fact, during the first year of the Biden administration, little has changed when it comes to welcoming refugees. Back in 1994, the US government began implementing an immigration policy they called prevention through deterrence. This policy relies on increasing restrictions at checkpoints and militarizing populated areas along the US-Mexico border. This forces refugees to attempt travel through the inhospitable and often deadly mountainous desert landscape if they wish to enter the United States the land which used to be theirs. As we Mexican Mar Americans often say, we didn't cross the border, the border crossed us. Approximately 9,000 people are believed to have died due to the prevention through deterrence policy since it was implemented in 1994. How terrible must the mouth of that shark be to make people risk such a dangerous journey? And this is just one tiny sliver of the way our country makes it nearly impossible to come here safely or legally. This is one face of our Leviathan. Within this context of immigration injustice in our country, many people both within and beyond refugee communities have looked for new ways to change this system. All over the country, neighbors and friends have created networks to accompany refugees to immigration hearings, legal and medical appointments, and check-ins with the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency, or ICE. They offer emotional care and comfort in times of stress and fear, provide a ride or translation services or advocacy before a judge, meet people in transition at bus stations and su with supplies for their journey, 
and help them find secure housing and work. In all these forms, accompaniment is an invitation to witness, to listen, and to show up. It is a practice of being human together in the face of extremely dehumanizing systems and circumstances. For those of us who are not directly targeted by ICE, accompaniment brings us closer to the violence of our immigration and criminal punishment systems, creating opportunities to build relationships with those who are impacted. As a result, many who engage in accompaniment become deeply transformed and grow more committed to disrupting these harmful systems and acting for a more liberated future for all. You might be familiar with the story of Pinocchio. Hard left turn, but trust me, we're, it'll, it'll make sense. <laughs> a lonely puppet maker named Geppetto creates a wooden surrogate son. Pinocchio gets lost at one point, and while searching for him, Geppetto is swallowed by a whale. There's that Leviathan again. The little wooden puppet, now searching for Geppetto, swims down deep into the ocean to find his father in the belly of the great sea beast. Everything comes in, nothing goes out, says Geppetto. It's hopeless, Pinocchio. While Geppetto is thankfully alive, a leviathan's stomach is no place for a human. Here in detention centers for those seeking asylum, they don't have the same civil rights as us. It is so dehumanizing. But Pinocchio is determined. Together, he and Geppetto irritate the whale just enough to make it sneeze them out. The blue fairy sees that Pinocchio has become, through selfless action, what he's pretended to be up until then. He's transformed. This is what accompaniment looks like, giving each other hope when things seem hopeless. Asylum seekers aren't just helpless victims waiting to be saved. By sticking with them through the belly of the beast, they can help us realize that we've been stuck in its gut all along. Our global system is full of sea monsters. Leaping from one to another is no longer acceptable. We might not be able to tame the beasts by ourselves. They are enormous and we are so small. But if we stick together and light a little fire, maybe, just maybe, we can make them sneeze. We are linked together in this work, friends, both because of our shared Unitarian Universalist values and also by your commitment to offer shelter and material aid to our neighbors seeking asylum. This act is one of the many ways we are partnering together in service of the beloved community. One of the ways we act to make a difference where we can, when we can. Because now more than ever, this week, y'all, it matters. By being in solidarity with and sharing resources with people seeking asylum in this tangible way, you are saying yes to justice, yes to community, yes to that which affirms life. This is one of the countless ways we become the beloved community that we seek to create. We each have a role to play in its creation, each of us bringing our broken, growing selves in service to wholeness. Recognizing that your liberation is bound up with those who have none. Because no one is free until everyone is free. Thank you. <laughs>